Hey, Dane, glad you were on the show. Um, what did we talk about today? Uh, there are so many things, and boy, I hope you took notes because my rambling ADD, ADHD brain probably can't remember it all. Give me, give me top three. Give me top three that you remember. So, I challenge you to write 10 things that you love to do every single day. Yep. We challenge the world to get up, get out, and get moving. And at the end of the day, we challenge everybody to remember they are perfectly made. There's only one of them. There'll only be one of them, and it makes them pretty damn special. Yep, I got that. And then um, how I never got 100% on any test in school. <laughs> You're a mammal. <laughs> you have, yep. Do you have the 10 ingredients you need to win in your life? How fitness is the cornerstone of changing your life. You can't hide from the truth of movement. Uh, how you went from the director of bariatric exercise to the director of happiness. How movement is the secret weapon to success. Uh, by not having time, you lose time. Remember that all the hurricanes and tornadoes get the news, but termites do the most damage. And your health account depletes daily, and there's only one way to stop it. Plus, about 85 other tangents with positive energy. And here's my guarantee that by the end of the episode, if your happiness dial has not turned up at least one knob, I don't know what's missing, but we will help you. But it's almost a guarantee at the end of this one. So, Dane, thanks for being on the show. Everybody, go listen to our episode now because it's a doozy. And he gives it to you straight and fills your love bucket with all the positivity that he is. So let's cue the intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Mind of George Show, where I have the quirkiest thing ever, where I don't know. My new 2022 mission is to get people's favorite colors. So I ask my guests what their favorite color is. I change the light behind me because I'm a child. So today I'm glowing orangey purple against my wall and I love it, but I want to be brighter and brighter and brighter because I probably have one of the brightest guests that I've ever met in my life. And his brain is bright, but it doesn't even compete to the level of brightness that comes out of his body. So I have the man, the myth, the legend, the Daily Danish, the king of possibility, the guy who turns every single person he meets into like a happy-go-lucky Jojo rabbit bounce across the world, achieve everything because he has the Midas touch with positivity. He gives you the Daily Danish. His name is Dane and Raspberry Danish is actually one of my favorite desserts as a kid that I just realized, Dane. And he is here to literally help you become, live, thrive, accept and skyrocket your life by being the best version of yourself with a giant heart, a happy soul, and really good habits and a community around you. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Dane. Thank you so much, George. I'm excited to be here today. And together we can turn positivity into possibility, my friend. I almost said it and I was like, it's his to say, it's his to say, but he is also the king of turning positivity into possibility. And I, I was a witness to that statement being born you when are. we were in Utah together. And so it makes me happy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Like I said, I'm excited to be here. I'm very much excited to wake up every day and challenge people to be amazing. It's you truth. do. You do. And I'm, I'm going to say this. So I'm, I'm going to say this in front of you and to everybody. Dane's positivity is annoying sometimes because it's so clean and so clear and so good. 
that he annoys me sometimes with how happy he is. And I learn from him every day. But I will tell every one of you, I know Dane in real life. I know him in internet life. He's in our mastermind. He's incredible. He's about as real as they come. And this is how he is all the time. And he is just a walking ray of happiness. And so, Dane, I appreciate, and, and for everybody listening or watching this, I will say it publicly, I appreciate the bright fucking ray of sunshine that you are because uh, it's incredible how far you reach. Well, I appreciate it. I just, I know there's a lot of negativity and a lot of BS in the world, and it's not something I wanted to uh, prescribe to or subscribe to from the time I was a kid. And it was about being around there, encouraging people, even getting that, look, I was, I was a sports kid and I, but I still tried to take that one kid that got picked last and one day to pick him first to make him feel better about her, she, who he was. And I grew up in a time when the girls didn't really play sports with the boys, mm. but Either way, it didn't matter. If you could help me win a game, I was going to win. But at the same time, I wanted everybody to participate. Yeah, I was always that kid that got picked last, too. So I appreciate that. What, sp- what, what sports did you play as a kid? Like, what kind of sports kids were you? So I grew up on the East Coast. So from hockey, football, basketball, whatever season it was. Then I moved to Texas in eighth grade. And then it was football and baseball. Where on the East Coast? I was in Philadelphia, out in suburb of Philadelphia, South Jersey, really, when your parents don't want to raise you in the city. Yep. But, you know, and then I was a pissed off Northeastern kid living in South Texas for a long time. Um, that kid sometimes is still deep inside there. But coming to Texas, really, the first thing I still remember telling my folks was everybody was nice. I know the world is always changing. More people are moving here. But still, the culture it just is friendlier than the Northeast, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, we have a, I'm, I'm from the Northeast as well. I'm a Massachusetts kid. And uh, we, have, uh, we have an edge. We have a chip. There, right. there's a, I've noticed a chip. I've, I've lived all over the country, uh, and now I'm spending the rest of my life living in flyover states, and I'm so happy because I ended up where I wanted to end up. But I would, I would agree with you that there's definitely a, a northeastern chip for uh, sure it, up in that corner. There, there is absolutely no doubt. And then I was uh, in eighth grade, like I said, when I moved to Texas, my dad was a military physician and got stationed in San Antonio, and he said he was never shoveling another sidewalk as long as my, he lived. <laughs> My dad has since passed away, but he never shoveled another sidewalk. Here's what's funny is I did the same thing, except I moved away from the snow. And then I've spent my life trying to get back to it because I miss shoveling. It's very therapeutic. Oh, there you go. Meditative for me. So I get to ask, and we'll get into the whole thing, but what is it about fitness that lights you up so fucking much? So I believe it can ultimately be the cornerstone for change or improvement in your life. Most of us don't know we feel like shit till we don't feel like shit anymore. And with also something instantaneously you can quantify. Whether it doesn't matter if it's a burpee, it doesn't matter if it's walking out your front door, did you move more today than yesterday? There's only two answers. It's yes or it's no. And we know, and whether it's your sacred mind, body, being, or what I call fundamentals are very similar and it's moving your body. I've also known as I've aged and lost my dad at 68 years old, so way too young, when we were able to take my children to their great-great-granddad's 100th birthday. This past year, we buried my granddad. who was 97. He was a World War II pilot, um, military colonel, et cetera, et cetera. So I used to kiss my dad's chubby little face and tell him you could be a pain in my ass for a long time if you could take care of himself. But food was his drug of choice. Mm. And so I didn't know that was going to kind of light my fire on the second half of my life, but I know that it's movement. Yes. If you can do burpees, let's do burpees. You want to do a triathlon, a marathon, an ultra, we can do it. But at the same time, 
I want to empower the moms, the dads, the brothers and sisters of the world to have another day, right? There's so many country songs about five more minutes or live like you're dying. Mm -hmm. And when you're healthy and we've had lost George recently in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. It's really, you hedge your bets and it's about quality of life. And when you're physically fit, I believe you can have a better quality of life. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. You know, and you said something too, like food was his drug of choice. Food was actually my family's seventh drug of choice, <laughs> you know, behind Coke and heroin and everything else along those lines. But near the end of my, my family's life, my family being my father, uh, was a direct accelerant um, to his life ending sooner and a lack of movement and fitness. Right. And I look across the board and even my own life of somebody who struggled with bulimia and eating disorders and body image that um, no matter how many times I've changed, what I did, what therapy, what diets, what competitions, what I was doing, um, the, the simple solution that always leads to happiness, clarity, health, and longevity is just movement. It's just, just movement. movement. And, you know, now I'm still young. I'm, I'll, I'll say on paper, I'm young. My body's probably twice my age. I feel like I'm 80, <laughs> but I'm, I think I just turned 39. I don't know. I'll Google it. But I think, yeah, I think I turned 40 next year. I just turned 49 or 39. But, um, you know, it's really funny. You said this earlier, and I think this is huge. Uh, you can't hide from the truth of fitness. You can't. You cannot. And you either move or you don't move. And I think, you know, for you and me, we're both entrepreneurs. And right. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see in entrepreneurship and, and I'm calling out entrepreneurship because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm sure this happens everywhere, but in entrepreneurship where we're in charge of our schedules, where we're in charge of our containers, what I typically see the first thing sacrificed is movement. Oh, in everything, I think it's always the first thing, right? The kids come first, the dental appointment comes first, the job, the overtime, et cetera. And the first thing we give up is our physical health and taking action. And whether it's, challenging somebody to move 20 or 30 minutes or start with one minute. So I've also was the director of bariatric um, exercise. Mm. So I was working with super morbidly obese humans. So hundred to 200 pounds overweight. And literally they don't teach you this stuff in school. We structured programs to walk around the damn couch, but it, we just give it up. And there's a Christian song called slow fade. And it's so true. It's just, it's micro procrastination, micro steps that ultimately a, week, a day, a week, a year, a month, a decade, for those of us who are a little older than you, George, it goes by so fast. And sometimes we feel like we can't turn the tide. And when it comes to my dad, I knew he was unhealthy. Mm. And I live about, I did, lived about 40 minutes north of him. And I'm like, dad, I'll come to the gym with you and work out. Get in this. We're going to do aqua therapy, right? Just walk, aqua walk. You'll lift about 10% of your body weight in the pool, but it's resistance training because of the density of the water. And being the dad, he's like, oh, that's too much effort. That's too much energy, blah, blah, blah. And I wish if I could, one regret, I would go back and say, no, you know what? I'm going to freaking show up. You're going to freaking show up so that maybe we could hedge his bets and we could have had him a little bit longer. But we tend to give that up. And I see it every single day. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, it's funny as I'm reading something from my friend Nir Ayal, who's been on the show. Um, he just posted a new article and a big write-up on hindsight bias. And you're just mm -hmm. like, have it like, oh, if I knew, if I knew, if I knew. Right. Um, but I think what's so impeccable and empowerable here is that we do know. Like we know now every day, do we move? Do we not move? Do we drink water? Do we not drink water? Do we sleep? Do we not sleep? And I think 
you know, as somebody who was in the fitness industry, who was in the health industry, is we watched the marketing takeover. We watched the complication of it takeover. We watched the commoditization of it takeover, right? We, we have multi-billion dollar companies that get you to ride a bike in your home with somebody yelling on a TV. Right. And those things have existed for years, except now we were able to commoditize them. But I think at the end of the day, you know, what I love about you and what I love about what you do and how you do it is it is really simple. Did you move or did you not move? And then what I love that you do is you get deeper to why didn't you move? Like, right. why didn't you move? So you help a lot of people. You help a lot of men. You help a lot of women. Everybody thinks it's all women. There's just men who are not commenting on your social, but they are there For learning sure. as well. <laughs> and you help, you help a ton of them. What are some of the common reasons that you see people, quote unquote, struggle to start or struggle to move? Or you said it earlier, struggle to prioritize and sacrifice the one thing that gives life in the moment of living life. Well, time is always the number one concern. Yeah. I don't have the time, but you and I both know we'll make time for what's important to us. Yep. Right. Secondly, I think there's fear. I, and I, I used to do a whole pro program called Fitness Redesigned because okay. you talked about the commodity of fitness. Mm -hmm. And we know that if we keep, keep people unhealthy, unhappy, they're going to keep pouring in millions and billions of dollars to try to do something and ultimately feel like failures. Yep. So there's a, they're afraid if, if I have a group fitness class or even a group connection community, they're afraid they don't compare to the person next to them. Mm. And we don't know, and we've talked about this before too, where they are on their journey. Mm -hmm. So that it's time, it's fear of failure, it's fear that they can't keep up, it's fear that they're going to be uncomfortable. And physical fitness is uncomfortable. Whether if you've been, and you did, if it's walking, which we know that if we could get the world to walk 20 to 30 minutes a day, we could cure obesity. It's so simple, yet it's so hard. So again, I think it's time. I think it's fear. I think it's comparison. And then understanding that self-care really isn't selfish, right? You've been taught maybe to not take care of you first and give, especially if you're a mom or dad, right? We got to take care of those littles first. They're dependent on us for a long time for everything. But we know if we can turn that around, and you make self-care number one, and you feel better, you live healthier, you're happier, there's a bigger smile, you're more positive, then you can pour all those traits into the people that you love. Mm -hmm. But it truly is a mindset. Every fitness, especially at the beginning of the year, right? It's drink this shake, it's drink this, it's do this, it's do squats, it's do push-ups. But really, it's about what's the six inches between your ears. Like I couldn't convince my dad, right? After, look, he was a Vietnam vet. He was super fit, right? You look and he was lean and mean. And then life took over mm -hmm. and five years, one year, five years for 10 years is 50 pounds. And then it was a hundred pounds, mm -hmm. but we lose sight of that. And we think we have to, no pun intended, eat that elephant in one bite or in one big giant bite. And it's little itty bitty bites. I don't, I think it was Jim Rohn or maybe it's Zig Ziglar talks about that all the hurricanes and tornadoes get all the news, but the termites do the most damage. Mm -hmm. That's that's like, I actually have never heard that one before. Oh, I am not, I'm a, I'm a personal development junkie. So I, sometimes I forget who I heard it from or what, but it really is. And it's those get all the hurricanes get the news, all the hurricanes and tornadoes get all the news, but the termites do the most damage. Yeah. That's and so just think about it, but it's so true. And it's here that the unfortunate thing in health and wellness and mindset is you don't go walk. You don't go to the gym. You don't get a personal training session and go look in the mirror and go, shit, I look fucking good. Yeah. 
it's it's repetitive. It's that Darren Hardy compound effect. It's how you build wealth. It's all this little itty bitty things. And success is boring. Mm -hmm. It gets trite. That's why in the I think the research says New Year's resolutions end by January 17th. There's no definition. There's no system. There's no commitment. There's no accountability. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, to be honest with you, George, people want accountability till they have it. Yep. <laughs> Myself included. This is why I do this for a living. I, I coach because coaching holds me accountable. And then I pay coaches to coach me to hold me accountable even more. I got it. Like, I get it. You know, what's interesting to me about this. And I, I everything that you said deserves uh, kind of its own unpacking, which we'll get into. But when I think about, you know, movement, when I think about fitness against the, the clock, against time, what I think is so incredibly powerful, it took me a long time to realize it's that... Um, every day that I choose not to move or I choose not to prioritize self-care, I'm draining the bank account. But the inverse of that is also understanding you're not the inverse. The, the complement to that is understanding that when I drain the bank account, it doesn't replenish anymore. Uh, I'm not having the ability to put it back in. There's a compounding negative spiral that continues to happen. There's a compounding negative effect that continues to happen to where if I don't move today, tomorrow, the next day, and then I go work out, that workout doesn't recover or make up for what I missed or what I had done. It just simply starts me at a lower level. Oh, George, you were spot on, right? So it's about not being able to recover, but at the same time, you can't let that lack of potential recovery stop you from starting. What happens is Oftentimes that we miss one day, one day becomes a week, a week becomes a month, a month becomes a year. And again, if you're like me, you got a few gray hairs and some crow's feet, a decade will, will go by so fast, so fast. So I think that, yes, you can never recover. You can't double up your workout on Tuesday because you missed Monday or whatever. But what you got to do is get back in the game. And I think that's where the right coach, that's where the right community, that's where the right people around you Surround yourself with people that are moving more every day, that make health a priority, that you know are dreamers, believers, but at the end of the day, they've got to be doers. We can dream on it. You can sit there on December 31st with your champagne, woo, it's a new year, and wish upon being healthier, happier, more prosperous, but if you don't freaking take action, you'll be at the same spot next year with the same unfounded wish. So again, you've got it. You've, you have to make it a party. I don't know what... If there was a magic wand you could wave, we would all wave it, right? I, I don't know if we would. I don't, I don't know if we would because there is. And I, I think what's crazy about it is it's simplicity. Like the one thing that I keep hearing, and it took me, and just for a frame of reference for everybody, I was a very high-level competitive athlete, like top, tip-top. I tied a world record like I, I, in, in the world of fitness and physical achievement. And – at the end of the day, like looking back at just simply 40 years of living that 22 years of like heavy, intense fitness, all the success boils down into one thing, and it is consistency and simplicity over an extended period of time. It was, never, it was never the sprints. It was never the intensity. It was never the numbers, the, the mile speed. It was anything because here's what's funny. Now I'm rocking a Montana dad bod like it's nobody's <laughs> fucking business. And those numbers that I achieved mean nothing, right? Nobody, my body, my health, my internal clock does not care how fast my mile was or that I could deadlift 600 pounds or squat 600 pounds. All my body and soul cared about is that I moved and I helped oil the machine that's going to take me through it. And it's funny now because 
what I love about all of this, Dane, is we live in a world where we watch people make thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, centimillions, and billions of dollars preying upon people's insecurities around fitness, health, and wellness to basically hold them accountable to take a simple, consistent action over time. And what I love about you, and I will prop you up and, and, and say this all day, the reason that that exists is because all they're doing is getting people to move and hold them accountable while convincing them that they're broken and they'll always need them. When in actuality, we all have what we need, but we need community of people that are like-minded, which is what you said earlier. People that move, people that see our possibility, people that have positivity. Like I borrow positivity from you every day. Like I'm like, all right, cool. What's I literally am like, what's Dane doing? Like, what would Dane say? I'm like, if Dane was in the gym right now and he was looking at me, I would be judging myself. Shit. George, <laughs> smile and go. Do not quit. Do not go. But I, I think what I love about you, Dane, is that I think that whole industry feeds itself and that you bring this light in to help people realize that like nobody is coming to get us off the couch. Nobody's going to go fill our quote unquote bank account again, but we are. And as long as we're being honest with ourselves that like, this is what I want and this is why I want it. Like for me, entrepreneurs, they're like, yeah. I want to be successful. I want to run a $10 million a year business. And I was like, you physically can't run a $10 million a year business right now. It'll break you. It'll break right. you, right? Or my favorite is like, I want to be able to play with my kids, but I can't get a workout in today. I'm like, well, why don't you fucking work out while playing with your kids? There you go. Because it's, I'll tell you right now, I have a five-year-old and my whoop and my aura ring go off way more when I'm playing with my five-year-old than they do when I'm walking on the treadmill most of the time or when I'm doing right. something else, right? And so I think what I what I think is so powerful and, and Dane, what I love that you do, but I think is the hidden secret is that like community is it for me. Like what I think is that you bring a master of community. You bring positivity, possibility. I mean, for anybody wondering when you ever get into a room with Dane, like Dane takes over the room with his energy in the best way possible. But I feel like fitness can be alone. Like you talked about it earlier where it's like, why don't we do these things? Like we feel ashamed. We have comparison syndrome. We have all of that. Like what are some of the ways that you, help break that down. Cause I'm not the only one in this boat. Like it's 2022. And I almost fell into the trap of, Oh my God, I'm back in the gym, but I've been going to the gym, but there's this paradigm of like, Oh, it's a new year. Like, and like, Oh no, George consistency. Just keep doing a couple things a week, pick up heavy things, put them down, pull your body, push your body, move your body and go. And I'm now perspectiving this out in like, I want to be here when my son is 70. Like I yeah. still want to be here. And that means it'd be 105, something along those lines, 104, right? Like that's a goal of mine. Um, but that's not going to come from me saying, I'm going to go sprint or starve myself. I'm going to go do a crash diet. I'm going to go to the right. gym for three hours a day, every day for three weeks. So I despise the gym for the next 12 months until I go back next January. And so what are like some of the practical tips that anybody listening, like entrepreneurs that are like, oh, I have 18 hours on my schedule or I have the kids or I have all of it. Like, just to commit to get into momentum, to get into movement, because I think it's so powerful. Like, what are some of the things you recommend? So I, I've got to pause real quick and share a quick story about the yeah. fact that you want to be, and then I'll go back on tips. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget. You would never let me forget anyway. No, I would not. But you talk about wanting to be 104 when your son, you know, when your son is 70. When I got, when I left, when I got, came back to Texas 
after Desert Storm, my daughter was going to be four years old. And there's a SeaWorld in San Antonio, Texas. And my dad just wanted to take his first grandchild to SeaWorld. And if you've ever been to those big major parks, they park you way out in the middle of nowhere. Maybe there's the tram. Maybe there's the shuttle. Maybe not. If you've ever been to freaking Texas in the summer, it's like living <laughs> in hell. Yes. It okay. Is. Okay. So it's got that big black top. And now Kate, my daughter's name is Kayla. Now she can walk, right? She's almost four. But my dad wanted to carry her. He hadn't been in part of her life and he wanted to love on her. And, and her little blonde hair, blue eyes, and her pasty white face is stuck to my dad's face. And he's just sweating profusely. Okay. And I'm like, dad, she can walk. She can walk. She can walk. Well, the pinnacle show is Shamu, right? Where do they put that? All the way on the other side of the freaking park. And I watched my dad and I didn't even know this was going to be an epiphany at the moment. But, you know, we sit her down in the splash zone. She gets water. She gets a snow cone. She's almost four. She's happy as a lark. She's just smiling and laughing at all the jokes, not even understanding. My dad looked miserable, George. My dad never recovered from that day, like in the sense that he just had a crappy time because his health was crappy. Mm. So I think when you talk about steps, I want you to really examine your family and your friends and their future. Mm. Right. I believe for about unless you get cancer, the first 40 years of your life, it's sex, drugs and rock and roll, baby. You can do anything you want <laughs> and your body's going to recover. But then you're my age or almost your age. So I'm between 40 and 60. Mm -hmm. And when the pandemic hit, they literally said it was my age group, that 50-ish age group that was the most acceptable. I'm like, bitches, you don't know my friends. <laughs> but that's not the norm. No. It's way not the norm. And when Tanya and I talk about friends that do run Ironman and do marathons and things like that, it's huge. It's great. And look, I would love to say I was a world record holder, but it's never going to happen for me. It just isn't. But what I can do is I can encourage each of you to examine your future by looking at your genetics, which you can outrun them for a long time, and then see if how your grandmother, your grandfather, your Tia, your Tio, are, are they type 2 diabetic? Is their quality of life super shitty because they doesn't mean they don't love you. doesn't mean they're not nice people. It doesn't mean they're not passionate about life. But what's the quality of life? And I really saw and had that moment. My daughter's 32 or 33 now. Again, I'd have to Google that too. But the idea is that I didn't want to be that granddad that couldn't carry his grandkid or go like my daughter, my granddaughter's gonna be 10 years old next year, George. And my parents always took my kids and their other grandkids on a trip at 10. She loves the hike. So maybe I'll get you to come from Montana. We'll go back to Sundance and we'll do it. And that yep. kid will have her backpack. She won't look as silly as I did climbing across that damn tree, you know, <laughs> where I got stuck and I couldn't get out. But I think that the, the mindset is huge. Yeah. Understanding it really is simple steps. Quit looking at the ads. Quit looking at the influencers because all the influencers are 20-something. Well, you know what? I was active duty when I was 20. I met all my PT scores. I wasn't on the, am I allowed to say fat boy program? Yeah, or they call yeah. that anymore? I wasn't on the fat boy program, but I was always at the cusp, to be honest with you, of the max weight. And even when I went and got this, they don't even, I bet they don't do skin calipers at all anymore, but they did my skin caliper test. They said I had a lot of lean muscle mass and I came back and they said I could weigh whatever my captain says. That's bullshit. You're not going to weigh that much, but you can have like 10 pounds or whatever that levity was. Yep. But it's really just about being where you are at the moment, accepting that every choice you made has taken you right here.
Yeah, and before we get into tips, because I think you laid the foundation really, really well, I, I want to enhance the foundation because I'm kind of leading this as well because it's it's me expressing my journey through this as well. By the way, I was in the Fat Boy program my entire career. I was right on the cusp because my just so you guys know, the military, the U.S. military is basically a body dysmorphia, body shaming machine oh uh, because they have the most unrealistic height and weight standards, and they consider your physical readiness tied to a number on the scale, not your performance. And so here's what it was. Uh, back when I was in the Marine Corps, what they had, there was like some 68 inches and I would wear three pairs of socks to be 68 inches because it bought me another 11 pounds. Right. And so at 68 inches, my max weight I was allowed to be was 181 pounds. At 67 inches, it was like 172 or something like right. that. Now, for those of you that have seen me, each one of my calves weighs 60 pounds. Alone, no doubt. Right? Like, no joke. My legs make up a majority of my body. And so I was normally 200 pounds, 200 pounds. And so then the first measurement they would do is like, okay, cool. You are overweight. We'll tape you. And so this is how the military worked. The Marine Corps, they had a chart. They would take your neck circumference and your waist circumference around your belly button. And then they had a calculation that would say, you're fat or you're not fat. And so I had a perfect PFT score. So I was allowed to be up to 21% body fat. And if I didn't have a perfect PFT, I was allowed to be 18% body fat. And they only determined this by numbering. And so it was hilarious because I would get weighed. I'd be 20 pounds over. They would tape me. And then they would tell me I'm 22% body fat. And then I would take my shirt off and I'd have an eight pack with veins in it. And they're like, what? And then I'd be like, you guys have to test me. Then they'd go caliper or water test me. And I was 8% body fat, 9% wow. body fat. But yet I was on the record every single two to three months up oh, Brian's fat up. Oh, you got to get weighted. I'm like, guys, it's the same conversation. And like, here's what's so nuts about it, Dane. I had an eight pack. Like I could pick my shirt up and I'm like, you're telling me I don't meet your height and weight standards and all well, every physical fitness test was perfect. Every combat right. fitness test was perfect. I was a swim instructor. I was a martial arts instructor. Like every day I was outperforming, but the whole military was crazy about it. It was absolutely crazy about it. Uh, but you, you said something, and that was a tangent of my own, um, <laughs> that I think is so important. And you, you said this. You said, look at your family. Look at your ma, your pa, your relationship, everything. Look at the choices that you made at whatever age. And I think the most important thing, Dane, that I never simply stopped to ask myself was, was what do I really want? Because yeah, I absolutely. also think I also think there's a part of this to where we live in a society that's kind of built on shaming people for either not working out or not wanting to be a certain way. But we don't ever take into account that like not everybody has to work out. Not everybody has to want to have achieve one of those goals. And we have to start there for what it is because now it's funny. I've struggled in the last two years to like get back into a consistent uh, routine of anything in general except movement. And right. then I would make it wrong because I like started doing hit again. Then I started doing CrossFit. Then I started doing Olympic weightlifting when I was outside. But I like kept quitting them all because I didn't really want any of those, nor did I want the results of those. What I wanted was just to physically move my body every day. And once I really checked into that, I was like, oh, so I can just hike or I can go play outside or I can go snowboarding or I could do whatever. And all of, everything, all of a sudden, everything got easy again because I don't want to be on the cover of magazines or compete right. anymore or do any of that. But I also think, Dane, it's really easy uh, in the world of 
the life that we live, entrepreneurship, business, even the fitness industry to be like, everybody needs to work out and you should be doing this and you should run here and you should do this. And I was like, you shouldn't fucking do anything you don't want to do. Absolutely. Except get really, really honest about where you are. Because, you know, for my father, um, who was 56 when he passed away, we had that come to Jesus talk where I said, hey, listen, like this doesn't have to be this. And he's like, I want it to be this. And all I could say to that was, okay, because that's not mine. It's not my life. It's not my, my dad was a Vietnam vet too. And so like that, that area, and it, it taught me some valuable lessons. And so I, I heard you say it. And I just think it's so important because like, I know as an entrepreneur and even earlier, I said, like, I want to run a $10 million company. You know, I, I've just met many people who tell me that but they're living on energy drinks and they're eating like crap and they're not right. eating and they're not sleeping. And this is just a whole lot deeper than movement. And I think for me, like one big thing, and I love having you here and I want to unpack this a little bit is that the most important place to be is aware of where you are and where you want to go. And then making a decision based on that, not what the world tells you, not what, the trainer tells you, not what the coach tells you, but really checking in about like where you want to be because fitness to me is just a gateway in movement is a gateway in to all the other habits, right? It's a do this every day, move your body as you should. Um, but I, I heard you say, it, and I wanted to give it a little credit with a little bit of my own story that I, I think the most important part is knowing where you are and then knowing where you want to go and aligning whatever you do to get there. I, I think that at the end of the day, that's the most important part. You have to see your future, right? Isn't it Alex Sharpton? I think you said it on one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. He says you need to go so – I've used this so much since I heard you say oh, that. Yeah, yeah, so, I love it. So far out in the future and see it so brightly that you come back and you live it today. Be, do, and have, right? Yep. And that's it. And look, if you don't like hit workouts, if you don't like the gym, then you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you really do. And you've got to have some introspection. And sometimes it's, it's going, not sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to cry and you're going to, for at that moment, just feel like crap, but then unpack that a little at a time so that you take action. I think that we talk about momentum, right? Mm -hmm. Moving a boulder stationary is really hard, but once you get it moving down a hill, it's easy to do. So again, if you want to have a better relationship with the kids, with your spouse, with yourself, Fitness can truly be the cornerstone for any improvement because you're going to have a win really quickly. I have a woman that I've actually, it's interesting. I've worked with her on and off for about six years Mm. and I'd almost forgotten our whole story until she brought it up and and she's a retired school teacher. She's probably 40 pounds overweight now um, and just not sure where she's going to go. And so we're building a plan for her to take this. She has a granddaughter to walk outside with the grandbaby. And it's, it's, it's hard because she hasn't been doing anything. But at the same time, I'm like, Shay, put, put the baby in the stroller. And if you can physically walk out the door five minutes, come back, give your granddaughter a hug, then do it again tomorrow. Do it again tomorrow. The body's an amazing adaptable piece of equipment and you will get better. Even if you don't know what you're doing. By the way, you don't have to, I have a graduate degree in exercise science. I can talk about mitochondria. I can talk about ATP. I can talk about all that shit, but you don't have to know anything about that. 
What you have to do is move, let your body do the amazing things that it does, stay in homeostasis, hypertrophy, all those crazy things that the science guys like, but you'll feel better because your body's doing what it's made to do. George, are you a mammal? Yes. Yeah. By the way, that wasn't a good question as a lawyer because I didn't know if he knew the answer. But anyway, mammals were made to move. Even the sloth moves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny is I paused because I was like, did you just ask me if I'm a mammal? Like, <laughs> like did he just really ask me that question? Yes, the answer is yes. Well, I don't I know if they teach in Massachusetts, but or I just... The, or in the Marine Corps. Yeah, no, I, it's, right? a, it's a fair assessment to ask me if I know the answer to that question. I agree with you. But I think the reason that I combine health and fitness, physical fitness with my background from teacher, coach, educator, the life coach is because we really need to dig down what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And when we do, and again, if you're comfortable with where you are, then that's fine. Totally. Totally fine. And I'll accept you and love you right where you are. I'm a no, I don't have no judgment for the, any man or woman of faith. I'm not your, I don't judge you at all. That'll happen some other way. That's it. I will accept you right where you are today. Take you. I guarantee the minute you come into my life, I will see greatness in you that you've never seen in yourself. Yeah. It's how I made. It's what I've I've done. You know, let's talk about figuring out who you are and what you are. So you met my wife, Tanya, in Sundance. We went hiking, right? We did. My wife had three Achilles tendon surgeries in the last six or seven years. Yep. By the way, I would recommend unless you're in a 10 out of 10 pain, don't ever do it. But. So she's never fully recovered. She was a marathoner, super hyper fit, blah, blah, blah. We did it together. We've run from San Francisco to DC and everywhere in between. <clears throat> and then she couldn't do it. Now it's about <clears throat> living, excuse me, without pain first. Mm-hmm. And what we discovered is she loves to hike because it's not super fast. You can take breaks when you need to. You can have George run back and get electrolytes when necessary. <laughs> no, because True story. True story. But the idea is we still get out in nature and we still get to be healthy and enjoy it together and live whatever our next adventure is. I don't even know if I ever answered the question about tips, but it really well, you, is. You, well, you have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull them out because I, I love it. And you're, you're hitting the tips in, right? It starts with knowing where you are and what you want, knowing what you love, and then choosing something that creates momentum and protecting it, right? Like keeping it simple. You're, you're hitting the tips. And, and I love that you're telling them in story because I had a thought, like my intuition pinged right when you said it, that like, I think one of the most important things is looking at fitness as your friend, looking at yes. movement as your friend, not the enemy. Because I just realized for a lot of my life, it was something I dreaded. I was like, oh, I have to do this or it's going to hurt. And I was like, I would never be upset if I was taking a pill that added a year to my life every time I took the pill. I don't care how big it is. I'm like, God, I love how big this is. I love that I choke a little bit. It's another year of my life, right? And And I think that, you know, a part of this is like, when I hear you say it, the tips that I heard were number one is like, know where you are and what you truly want. And in that exploration, you might feel some emotion. You'll have to confront some truth because you don't have my answer. No one else has my answer. I have my answer because it boils down to my choice. But once I know where I am, then I'm like, okay, what do I enjoy doing? Like, what do, if I, if I'm here and I want to get here, what does that look like? And I'm like, well, no matter what, if I do something today, it's going to move me in that direction. Right. Unless the thing I'm doing is eating a bag of flaming hot Cheetos and drinking (laughs) soda and doing nothing else. Right. I'm going to take a positive action. And then it's finding things that I enjoy, keeping it simple, not overcomplicating the process. 
and then protecting the consistency over the intensity. Oh, that always, it's just like form over speed. And when it comes to fitness, right? Totally. So one of the things everybody that I work with one-on-one, even in the community, I ask them and challenge them to find, tell me 10 things they love to do. Mm. By the way, you have no idea how hard that is for some people. Okay, like, cool. So actually let's do it right now. Cause I want everybody listening. Like this, this is gold. This is gold. I know what you're doing and I'm not even going to pick on you. I'm going to let you do it to me. Okay. So I want, I want you to take me through it and everybody listening to this. I want, if less you're driving, if you're driving, do not stop driving, do not partake in this, wait till you're done, do it later. But I want you to take me through this game because I think it's so powerful. Okay. So I want you to imagine you and I are having a conversation yep. and you want to regain your health. You want to have a better relationship with your little boy, your wife, and all the people you're blessed to lead. Yep. And I'm like, George, okay. I think that's amazing. It's wonderful. Now I want to challenge you, George, as we do this, can you list 10 things out that you enjoy doing? It's not, again, it's not your wife. It's not your son. It's not your grandma. Just you tell me, list 10 things that you enjoy doing. Do them with or without them or just activities? No, it's up to you. You can do, you can meld them together can, because okay. we talked about earlier, if you and Branson are dancing in the living room, that's physical fitness. That's fun, right? Totally. Taking his Tonka trucks out and, and excavating, that's fun. So totally. you can, you don't, it doesn't have to be singular. You can do it. You can combine Got it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I took, just so everybody knows, I took out a pen, like I'm writing these down. <laughs> it's like, I want to do this. Um, so the number one thing uh, I enjoy doing is hiking alone. By the way, you take great pictures when you do that. Thank you. And um, the reason I like hiking is because I like being able to control the intent. I only like steep hiking. I hate, I hate flat walking i want you're not coming to my world and hiking just no. so you know <laughs> so i really uh hiking's a new thing for me because nature scares me a little bit because of the presence and so now you know obviously i live in a, the world that i hike in every day so hiking huge um number two is i really enjoy going to a gym outside of my own residence regardless of what i do so i've had home gyms that you can't even imagine and the equipment never got touched because i needed to actually the ritual of like driving somewhere is a good ingrained pattern in me. And so even when I go on like walks, I will drive away from my house to go walk somewhere just to have that like prep period. So I love like, like going that. to the physical gym. Um, this is going to sound nuts. I love walking on treadmills at a severe incline. Oh, that's funny. Down. Do you hold on? No. Okay, good. No, I do not hold on. The only time I hold on, like yesterday, I, wanted to hike the Eiffel Tower. So there's an Eiffel Tower setting in one of my treadmills. And um, I use the benchmark on how quickly I can hike the Eiffel Tower. And I know the incline and the speed. So I had the incline on 16 and the speed on three, which would get me to the top of the Eiffel Tower in 29 minutes. And so what I do is I, I'll I play this game in my brain. I have to play these the, these fitness games of myself. When I used to run all the time or I would do triathlons, I'd be like, it wouldn't be in the next mile. I'd be like 20 more rotations and then I'll ease up. Or 70 when I hike, I'll go right. steps. And I'm like 50 steps, sip of water. 60 steps, sip of water. So when I do this, what I've been doing on this one treadmill is getting, uh, when I started, no hands holding on. I did the Eiffel Tower in like 42 minutes. And now my best time is like 29. And so what I'll do is I'm like, okay, 18 minutes, no hands, one minute of hands and just to get my heart rate back down into the zone I want and then back up. And so number one, 
hiking alone. Number two, the gym. Uh, and I'm going to pull specifics out. Number three, uh, incline treadmills. Number four, manual labor. Like, but when it comes to like organizing, uh, like storage unit, garage, cleaning out like clothes, like I love manual labor when it involves getting rid of stuff. So nice. manual labor. Um, another one I love, um, I love uh, breath work in the sauna. Breath work in the sauna. Um, snowboarding. Do you still do board meetings? I do. I have one tomorrow. No, one on Thursday. <laughs> I love that, by the way. Uh, snowboarding and then uh, shooting, like uh, gun shooting. But I do it to the point where, like, my um, heart rate goes up. So here's what's really funny. Podcasting, like this right now. Podcasting. Uh, and here's why I say that. Yesterday, I burned over 600 calories doing three podcasts. Nice. Are you on a walking treadmill or just standing up the whole no, time? Just standing up the whole time. But I get so into it that I, I will set my whoop and my ordering up and I'll track it as a workout and like 20 minute podcast yesterday, my average heart rate was like 120. Wow. Um, and so because I'm so animated and I like move around all the time, um, podcasting is definitely one. Um, I do like lifting weights, like uh, traditional, like hypertrophy type stuff. Um, so like lifting weights. And then um, I now am falling in love with like low intensity imams, like, but 40 yep. minutes of like, I did one the other day for 40 minutes on the minute. It was um, three. Yeah, you might need to explain imams to people. Yeah, that don't so, know so for everybody listening, imam <laughs> is every minute on the minute. And so I did 40 minutes. And then what I did is I did, um, I did three pull-ups. Uh, I did six push-ups and then nine kettlebell swings. And I did it every minute on the minute for 40 minutes. And I love that because in the beginning, it's like 15, 20 seconds of work and then 40 seconds of rest. And then near the end, it was like 35, 40 seconds of work and 20 seconds of rest. But I like the, the gap in between. I no longer like high intensity, high output all the time. Like I love yeah. the modulation. So those are 10 that I got. All right. So first of all, Congratulations, because I'm telling you, I, I'm like it's like a tug of war rope so many times, and oftentimes too, it's very superficial what I first hear about what they like, mm. because they just the individuals just haven't thought about it before. They've just we're gonna eat, breathe, and crap <laughs> because we have to. Yep. But to actually, life is going to happen for you or to you, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, let's go back to your ten things now. George, are there any one of those things that you love to do that would be worse off because you moved your body more today than yesterday? Any of those that I love to do that would be worse off? No. Okay. So then, then my next question is, what's preventing you from beginning some sort of exercise, fitness, lifestyle routine? And sometimes it's the word, exercise, fitness. The That's fear. what it is. That's what yeah. it is. It's – um. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you do this. Like I, I love working out, but I get, I fall into the same trap where it's like, it's this thing that I do instead of who I am. Right. Yeah. Doesn't he say that in Atomic Habits when something yeah. to that effect where it's, it's what you are doing is what you're becoming. And that's how you, it's self-identification. Yeah. James Clear in Atomic Habit talks about this and it's a, it's an amazing read, but yet it's funny. Even when you say it to me as somebody who coaches this and does this, it's funny because like when it goes in my calendar, it becomes a thing that I do. It's a checkbox, but all the 
best way to think about it. It's, it's who I am, right? Because right. if it's a thing I do, I have to end this podcast, make a plan and go to the gym. If it's who I am, I'm going to end this podcast, do five pull-ups, take a pee, pick up my kettlebell and swing it a few times because it's just a part of who I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. So number one, you already said yes, that it would, your life would be better for thousand things you love to do. Then it's like, okay, George, let's pick one that you can improve by doing it. Does that make sense? We just kind of narrow totally. it down. You tell me, I typically work with one-on-one clients. We'd meet about every 10 days. What I found when I used to do it every week was there was almost not enough needle, needle mover this for you, <laughs> needle movers to, to have a healthy conversation. Yeah. But every 10 days, and now I teach 10-day goal setting, which isn't something I learned in school. It was something I heard and then took and ran with it. Now we've had some momentum. Now you've moved your body for 10 days. Now, maybe you did eight out of 10 days and you don't feel as good. I'm like, George, when you made it 80% in school, did you get to go to the next grade? Yeah. Yeah. Did you make 100% on every test you ever took in school? I sure as hell didn't. I don't think I ever got 100% on the test <laughs> I took in school. Right. <laughs> and, and here's another story. So I, I've reconnected with a guy who was in tech school, by the way. So when, when you're active duty, you've got to go through basic training. Yep. Then you've got to learn a job, right? Not just look good in your uniform. And so I, I Mike, he retired after 26 years. He remembers way more about me than I remember about us. <laughs> but I've never told him that. So if he listens to this, sorry, Mike, I love you. But long story short, he told me he got recycled in basic training. Oh, okay. You had to go all the way back to day one when you're a rainbow, meaning you're still in civilian clothes. Yeah. And then, he, you know what? He was just a pissed off 18-year-old kid who needed to be kind of harnessed being in the military. He got recycled during tech school. Mm, but they whoa, didn't whoa. kick him out. I know. So I he got been. recycled in boot camp and then at tech school? And, and then he retired 26 years later. Wow. So he was... He was, he stayed the course. He knew what he wanted to do. And really that whole analogy story is about the fact that he didn't quit that because you fail one day, whatever you consider failure, doesn't mean you're a failure. You cannot identify yourself as a failure. That's why we use positive affirmations. That's another reason I say, wake up and be amazing. I look locally. I get made fun of that all the time. Oh, that's the wake up and be amazing guy. And I'm like, yep. And I'm going to continue to say it till I can't say it anymore. And now bitch, you own my shirt. This is yes. wake up and be amazing. <laughs> oh, well, you <laughs> know what I think? Go ahead. I was going to say, like, to, to, to validate it and summarize what you're saying, I, I think I, I tend to have a theme of a year. Every year I have a theme. Um, every year I have a te- theme. This year my theme is integrity, and, and that means a whole lot of different things. But two, two three years ago, my uh, theme of the year was my measuring stick was broken. Oh, wow. My measuring stick was broken. And so it's like everything that I was creating as a narrative to measure myself against was an illusion that had no merit in the value or quality of my life or what I wanted to achieve or accomplish. And so it's like, okay, three years ago, I'm a dad, right? I'm a husband. I'm an entrepreneur, height of my entrepreneurial career. Well, not really. It goes bigger, but it was a good point in my entrepreneurial career. Branson saw two, right? And I'm sitting here and I remember Lindsay would get mad at me. I'd go to the gym, Dane. And I'm a dude who like barely works out now. And yet I'm like squatting over 500 pounds still and still moving numbers and still. And then I come home and she's like, how's your work? I'm like, fucking miserable. She's like, why? I'm like, I'm so bummed because I only got the 100 pound dumbbells on the incline press nine times. And I used to do 130s. And she's like, you're fucking psycho. (laughs) And I was like, I think you're right. (laughs) Like, I think you're right. But then it would be everywhere. I would be looking at myself 
for who I was 20 years ago or 10 years ago, not who I was wanting to be or choosing to be today. And my measuring stick was constantly broken. And like, even then, even now it comes up and I'm, one of the things, Dane, my theme for 2022 is integrity, which means even right. when I'm on podcast now, I'm going to say what I feel because I feel like I'm gonna, not going to be complete if I don't. When this comes up now when I'm doing fitness, yesterday I went to the gym and I was like, I'm doing the Eiffel Tower. I did a test yesterday, right? I got on, I pumped it up, and I haven't walked without hands uh, anything above 12. And I was like, I went straight to 16 yesterday. And then I was like, okay, cool. And I start trimming it down and trimming it down. And then I finished the fucking thing early. And then I was like, wait, I said I was going to do the Eiffel Tower. And then I was mad that I didn't do cardio for an hour. I only did it for 31 minutes. And I had it in my brain of like, you didn't do enough. You could have done more. And then I was like, stop. And I went back and I did a cold shower and breath work. And I was like, I did exactly what I needed to do. And it's perfect. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to come back. But it still comes up for me now to where the measuring stick has always been a little off and broken. And when when I hear you say that, it's like, it doesn't matter if you run a mile in five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or you've never run one. It's all that matters is that you get up and you pursue it. And then tomorrow you realize that it's a brand new starting line and you pursue it again. And then you pursue it again. And then you pursue it again. And what's so fucking funny about all of this is that like, you, it almost feels like we're watching cliches. We can talk about this in the personal <laughs> development world, in the entrepreneurship world, in the fitness world, but like all we have is our last at bat. And in that moment, and it's not about how hard you swing. It's just that every time you have the opportunity, you swing. And every then if you minute. don't, and then here's what's funny. If you don't, and then you realize, oh shit, I didn't swing when I could have, then I'm like, well, cool, swing next time. And then if you don't, keep going and keep going. And so, you know, for me, for everybody listening, I say this because, you know, I think if you haven't listened to this episode so far and realize that everything we're talking about and just movement, because I feel like we're really isolating movement as, as we yeah. should, also applies to writing your first email, sending that message out doing a promo for your business, having the hard conversation, designing that business plan, creating that new offer, hiring that new team member. Like it it doesn't matter. And like at the very beginning, you said this, you said fitness is the cornerstone of change in your life. And what I love about it is that fitness is something that you can never, ever lose from practicing every single day. And then if you prioritize the practice of it, it's going to naturally trickle into the rest of your life because dane this is my other favorite part when is the last time i love this question i ask people all the time when is the last time you felt like shit you went to work out and then you still felt like shit when you were done yeah it doesn't exist right it, there it, are time, it doesn't well, i'm trying to be creative i'm like just get off your ass walk out your front door put on your sneak i don't care if it's 99 degrees with 80 90 percent humidity go i get that sweat in i don't put on my airpods and i like all of a sudden i got the great idea or i can come back the other day i would try to integrate my stripe account i couldn't freaking get it to work it was pissing me off because that's not my forte but all of a sudden i went out on a quick mile there's i know where the stop sign is i came back like oh take a deep breath here's the ask key whatever and it worked you know, it's funny is one of uh, some of the, the best healing that I ever did in my life. So a lot of you, you know, listen, I, I, I did a lot of work through PTSD and trauma and I had a very amazing brain doctor talk to me and he said, everybody discredits physical movement, but physical movement is the reset button for your brain. Absolutely. And I was I like, mean, what do you mean? And he's like, watch. And like, 
he's like, we're not designed to sit at a desk for eight hours. We're not designed to sit still on a comfortable couch in this like post-industrial revolution thing to be done. He's like, you have to realize that like when you're ruminating and your brain is stuck, you're standing still getting more stuck. He's like, the moment you're stuck mentally and you go for a walk, you get unstuck because your physical body is connected to the, and I was like, no fucking way. What? <laughs> no. And that's like when I started my walking habit and then my stillness habit. And then my like in between every podcast, go outside for two minutes, have it, or, you know, move my body habit. And like, we just did it on the mastermind call before this, I felt yeah. energy stuck. And I was like, all right, everybody shake your hands, shake your elbows, shake your boat. And everybody felt better. And it moved what what's out there. And so it's, it's really interesting because, um, I'm going to get into the science of it really quickly. Um, mammals, because we talked about mammals, yeah. right? Uh, we are the only mammal that does not have a natural release for trauma or our lymphatic system, right? Like right. what's really, really funny to me is that as a human being, right? Like we buy a car and they're like, hey, put gas in the car or put diesel in the car. And we all know that if you put diesel in a gas tank, you're fucked. And if you put gas in a diesel tank, you're fucked. And if you haven't learned that lesson, I hope you never do, right? Or that if your car runs out of oil, you don't put oil in, it will not run, it will seize. If you get a flat tire and you don't change it, you will bust the rim and not drive the car. What's really, really interesting to me is that as a human being, our gas tank is actually sweating in movement. Right. The gas that we have, because our body has no natural way of releasing or draining our lymphatic system or releasing trauma or stored physical trauma in the body. But yet we make it like this thing that like we have to do. And I was like, it's the only thing to do that guarantees longevity and survival and like a true rocket fueled body in life. But where's the marketing for that? It doesn't sell. Well, it yeah, of sell. course, of course, because you sell. never have to buy something else again. Right, exactly. So on the inside of my right arm, there's a caduceus, the medical caduceus and Olympic discus. Um, thrower and it's exercises medicine. It is yeah. the best medicine we've got. But again, if it's not high intensity, the thought, if it's not all out, get out, if you're not in Texas, you know, football is king. If you're still not at that level when you're the high school quarterback and you won the state championship or you were the head of the cheerleading squad, people think they shouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, I think we even need to do it more. Totally. Totally. We need like, to do it more. Yeah. And I think. I think too is like, no one's coming to do it. Like what I love about you, even like when, when you're with Dane in person, it's incredible. But like, I think about this, my, my buddy, I don't know if you know who Daryl Edwards is he, He's an old friend not. in the paleo world. He taught primal movement. So this is 2010, 2011. Yeah. He'd go into like Harvard and have all these professors and then make them stand up and play. He'd make them stand on top of the chairs. He'd make them jump off benches. Like, like we make fun of like parkour, but he would have them do that stuff because play was just this expression of movement and energy and making it fun. And like, I meet you, Dane, and I'm like, that's what it is. And like, I think for me, I fucking take life too seriously. Yeah. And I, having a five-year-old, like him and I had a, this morning, we had a dance party in the car on the way to school because um, I, I said something and I, I needed to talk to him. So I took his iPad, I accidentally hit the button, it turned it off. He got upset because he was in the middle of something and I apologized. And then I was like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to sing. And I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> and he started, no joke. We're driving to school this morning. Branson in the car. <laughs> Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. <laughs> the Batmobile lost its wheel and the Joker <laughs> got away. 
And I was like, that's what you want to sing? He's like, sing it with me, dad. I'm like, okay. And so literally we're driving and I'm singing this four or five times and he starts dancing and we dance. And then both of us started laughing and feeling better. And I was just reminded about like, that's movement, that's expression, that's play, that's fun. That's all of it. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I love your energy, Dan. I love talking well, about I appreciate, this. I, I think that about. one of the things I wanted to, first of all, I love that. And you should just cherish every moment of it. Cause he's going to bro. And you're not going to be as cool as you are right now. I know. I, I know. We should live life in awe. We should take joy in the ordinary. And you would, um, those are some of the things like my daily Danish, right? You should never, yeah. I always say the number one thing I should teach and teach is to never waste a heartbeat, but then maybe nobody would listen, but it is so true. And when we take life and we enjoy it in awe from playing with your son to a quiet time with your wife, mm -hmm. to breath work, to silence, to leading people, then life can be just better. Or even and I think us, like hiking in Sundance. Like, oh, I, it, it was fantastic. But what I loved in that, like, here's what's crazy. I live in like a hiking capital of the world and I watch people hiking and they're walking on Instagram with each other. And I was right. like, you're in the middle of Glacier National Park. And I was like, what I loved, and we didn't talk about this. We were in Utah. We do it two days in a row because we went to scout it. But we went hiking, and none of us had our phones. And there was no music playing. And it was like we were noticing trees and conversations and water and dehydration. Surprise. Yeah. And then I ran um, fast. And, and then all of a sudden, George is on top of the waterfall. Not like oh, God, like hovering over it, like standing on it. I'm like, where the hell is George? Oh shit, I want to do that. So I end up climbing up there too. It was great. It was a dope view. But I, I, I think, you know, when I hear that, like what I love about you, and I feel like I haven't even gotten into like your background, like, but the joy that you bring, the exuberance that you bring, that like every heartbeat matters, like, and this movement being the part of it, like for everybody listening, like if I could just have you take away one thing, it's every day move your body in a way that is fun and playful and brings joy to your life and those around you. Absolutely. I always ask people, I'm like, I want you to imagine, maybe this is just me, but there was a time in third grade when I was staring out onto the playground and I imagined having a giant stick and I was slaying the dragon. I had a magical cape and I was saving the princess, right? And I was the fastest, most powerful human. And then Mrs. Jones said, Dane, what's two plus two, two times two? I'm like, I don't even know what the hell the question was. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I yeah. want you to go back there. It's just taken out of us as we have to have responsibility. Mm -hmm. But be that kid again. Smile. Laugh. Laugh so hard you pee your pants. Surround yourself with amazing quality human beings that love you and also challenge you and call your bullshit bullshit. Yeah. It's yeah. so important, right? Who's that guy or girl that can tell you? The one that's also going to say, George, I love you and I want you to be here. So get off your ass and do it. I, again, I don't know this, who wrote this quote. And Tanya and I talk about this all the time. And because George, one of my non-negotiables in life is my marriage because I did not get married again to get married again. Mm. So my <laughs> wife and, I, and Tanya was married before too. We always say, I will take care of me for you. Will you take care of you for me? Mm -hmm. If that doesn't get you off your ass for pure love to help somebody else, because when they're gone, you don't get to say I love you again. You don't get another kiss. You don't get another hug. You don't get to hold hands with your son again. Mm -hmm. And we don't know when that moment's going to come. And movement, quality of life, community, spirit are all things are going to channel, allow you to do it better. Mm. So what so was I, the quote again? I will take care of me for you. 
Will you take care of you for me? I'm I looking up who it is. I never heard that one. Oh, that was that was Jim. That was Jim Rohn. Okay. Well, again, he. I, I think so. My first. Like, we'll go to my personal development world. So I ran a hospital. I was a. I went back, got my degree. I was in my late early thirties. Three kids. Yeah. Um, changing careers. I worked for my dad for about a decade and we made way more money than we should have with 30 hours of college and no skill set. Um, and I would tell my dad, I said, dad, now that you gave me a raise, you realize I can't go anywhere. He goes, I know. <laughs> then he said, but when the time comes, I'm going to tell you, you got to go. Yep. And basically he took my kids. I have three sisters. He took the one who now lives in Nevada. And he said, you guys have one year to figure it out. And the business is not going to sustain our lifestyle anymore. So I went back to teach and coach because I loved, I lo I've always been an educator without even knowing why I didn't have a certificate that said I could teach. Mm -hmm. And I love sports and athletics. So I decided I would go do that. Then the world got more expensive and I was traveling hundred miles and in Texas, I have a truck and I couldn't really afford what I was making to go coach in this little town that I was doing it. Long story short, I started looking for another career. I landed a job as a hospital-based wellness director. I'm like, I could freaking do that, right? Mm. So I, my, the CEO was my boss. And he said, hey, you're going to come to a class every Wednesday. You have to tell your second in command that you won't be here. And I'm going to pay for you to learn about yourself. And it was seven habits of highly successful people. Mm. And I read it and I argued it because it's really, it's all about, and this is you, George. It's all about relationships. That's all that book is really about. <laughs> yep. And that was the first job I ever had where people just didn't listen to me. Come on, I was an E1 and people still listen to me in basic training. I just yep. didn't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I just said, Sergeant said, you have to do this. He actually told me, but I told you and you listened to me. Yep. But when the, the people weren't listening, he said, you got to build a relationship. You've got to let them trust you. You've got to deliver. You've got to live in integrity. And that was, I think the Bible is really the first personal development book ever written, but nobody really talks about it that way. But I just, it started to perpetuate a hunger to dig into who I am. And Jim Rome and Zig Ziglar were just two of the people that I found. And this was in the late 90s, early 2000s. I didn't know much about it. So I can quote it to death, but I actually live it to death too, by the way. I know you do. You do. So like, I want you in daily Danish fashion, by the way, because like, I believe you are one of those amazing human beings that you truly touch and help every single person that you meet that hears you that does it. But like, what is your mission and like, how are you? best supported to support anybody listening to this like what do you care about more than anything what do you prioritize more than anything because i don't hear you out here just everybody listen dane's like i'm gonna get you a six-pack in three weeks like i want you to tell everybody in your words because i can't do it justice and here's my my mission is to educate motivate empower you to live a healthier happier more prosperous life so it's really broad right but then the idea is we've got to dig in at each level what do you want i i can tell you what i think you should do but again like we we talked about your dad. We talked about my dad. I can't make you do it. It's got to be one. Oh, but literally, be healthier because it will allow you to be happier. And whatever your prosperity is, it's not just money. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do want to make more money. I want to travel more. I want to go see the world more. I want to go to more George events. I want to do lots of things, right? We're, yeah, maybe yeah. we'll go climb Kilimanjaro sometime. I don't know. Dude, um, I'm in. Let's go. There you go. But I want to, I want to do it in a day, not in six. <laughs> of course you do. He's going to drag my ass behind me. But literally, <laughs> I, I want you to be, I want you to literally, and George kind of coined this. So George, we'll talk about, I used to call myself an excuse eradicator and George hated it because it makes me sound like the alpha, alpha, alpha asshole. And it's not who I am. Yeah. 
It isn't that I haven't raised my voice. It isn't I haven't encouraged somebody way more while they're as a football coach laying on the ground like, Jimmy, you got to get up. Mm-hmm. Or you got to be in the weight room. And you got to quit dicking around in the weight room because it's a it's not a healthy place or safe place if you're screwing around. I never took that lightly, by the way. Yeah. But the idea behind all of it is that when you're healthier, you're happier. Prosperity can be love, joy, happiness, togetherness, community, all of those things. And I'm telling you, when I say wake up and be amazing, grab your daily Danish, move your body more today than yesterday. That was literally the very first article I ever wrote and got paid for was which just get up, get out and get moving. Yeah, I think yeah. part of that comes, you mentioned on our mindset call, our mastermind today, being an osteopath. My dad was an osteopath. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I think ultimately he, he didn't just write meds. No. He looked no. at the whole person. Yep. And I didn't know I was learning from that. Yeah. And he also told me there was no diet for a sedentary lifestyle. Now, my dad was a 200, when he died, he was a 290 pound malnourished man at five foot nine mm. because sugar will keep you alive. Yep. But go yep. back to my mission and almost every video, I'm like, wake up and be amazing. And I'll say, grab your daily Danish. I'm Dane Boyle or trainer Dane, depending on what I'm doing. And it is to empower. Look, and that came when I was in a blog, like challenge years ago. And the blog actually changed my mind about inspiration because inspiration is fleeting. If I go to your event and I'm excited when I get back on the airplane to come back to Texas, if I don't take action, I wasn't empowered to take action. So I want to empower you to believe in yourself, to eliminate self-limiting beliefs, to take action. And, and one of the things that I teach now, because you taught it, is the five Fs to a vivid vision. What actionable steps do you want to take with your family, your friends, your finances, your fitness, and your faith? It sums it all up. Yep. And, and analysis paralysis, I've been teaching a woman how to do it. She's like, I don't know where to start. Pick one. Yeah. Pick one thing and we'll talk about it and we'll dig in. Yeah. So I, I, when somebody talks to me, I believe I can, here, just as your word, transmute mm-hmm. my passion and my belief into who they are as a human being. Perfectly made. Jensen Cheryl's book says there's only one of you. There'll ever be one of you. And it makes you pretty damn special. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to remind you that, George, on Zoom, mostly, actually men too, we talk about this. And I'm like, there's no way you would not tell Branson that he was perfectly made. No way. And so I'm like, okay, George, I want you to look, in the, look at me. And I want you to say, Branson, there's only one of you that will ever be one of you, and it makes you pretty darn special because he's a kid, but I'm sure he's her daddy swear. But anyway, then I'm like, George, now I want you to pretend you're looking in the mirror. And I'll say that about you. Mm-hmm. Many people can't get through it. If they get through it, there's tears rolling down their face. And then the affirmation I try to get them to do is to do it on a regular basis so they believe it, they're confident in it, and I believe that by moving your body more, you'll start to believe that. Yeah. And your body will let you know that, again, sleep, water, hydrate, movement, right? I, that was redundant. But either way, the key is that you've got to believe it. No matter when, just because somebody told you, George, in third grade, you weren't smart enough, bright enough, confident enough, powerful enough, is bullshit. You're a grown man now. Yep. She also says in the book, if you're fucked up, it's, it's not your fault. If you stay fucked up, it's your fault. Yep. I wish I'd said both of those, by the way. But I use them enough, and oh, maybe I'm the only one that heard it, so I'm going to own it, and we'll make it daily Danish. Whatever. I pontificate all the time, but I give I give credit. Like, I'm like, oh, that's so good. I want something original. But I, 
You know, one of the things, Dane, and for everybody listening, I recommend everybody has a conversation with Dane uh, in one way, shape, or form. But, you know, I've been in this game a long time. If you want a six-pack, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to run a marathon, there's nothing wrong with that. You want to run an Ironman, there's nothing wrong with that. You want to, you know, lift a certain amount, nothing wrong with that. You want to look a certain way, nothing wrong with that. But what they all have in common when that's just the goal is they all lead to a very lonely place where it has to happen again because – those are all paths or tools that can be prescribed to get you to a certain place. But the number one secret for me, and I think this goes back to the simplicity of humanity, is that we are tribal creatures and community yes. is where we win. And prior to 150 years ago, our community was built by having a shared interest in our movement, in our fitness, in our food. And it's something that has been disconnected post-industrial revolution to where we are getting back to that for it to matter. Community, gardens, food, movement, sharing things, helping, feeding thy neighbor, doing all these things. And I think for me, I don't like directly solving things. Like I'll hire a coach. Like I'll know I need help in X area. I'll hire a coach in a different area where I know on like the levels of the logical brain will drip into because it's more fun and fitness is one of those things. But I think the true, true secret is, and what you do better than anybody. And I know a lot of your clients and everybody in your world is that, um, you see people at their possibility and then you hold them there until they see it for themselves without ever forcing them, pushing them, but asking the right questions with the right breadcrumbs and giving them as much of your positivity as possible to do it and i did say this today and i got mad at him one day i'm like you're not a fucking excuse eradicator i was pissed <laughs> and was. i was like stop i was like no like fuck you have a gift you're like an angel like you got to see it for what it is and um you know for everybody listening i think one of the most powerful things that we can have is we can have a powerful network in our pocket in our community like the seven habits of highly successful yep. people you think about all that it's all based upon who we know and the relationships we have and I know for me, fitness is movement is one of those things that it's the easiest thing to do, but sometimes it feels like the hardest. And all it takes is like, hey, go for a two minute walk or, hey, how are you right. feeling today? Or like, hey, have you done this? And Dane, I love how you see people and how you pull people. And I watched you and like, here's what's funny. And Dane didn't you know, know this, but like I observe everything. That's what I get paid to do is to see everything. Right. And, you know, we're in Sundance and we're hiking and I'm watching Dane. We take a big group out and. I didn't prep them and I, I knew everybody was passable, but it would be a challenge for some. And I watch you naturally encouraging, checking in, paying attention, moving them, like mitigating what's going to happen, like seeing challenges arise before they arise and pre-solving them and doing it. And it's amazing because like at the end of it, not one person was like, oh, that was a hard hike or that was a whatever. They're like, I feel amazing. I feel amazing. And I think that's the secret is that we can choose joy, right? If you get into the work of like Joe Dispenza, uh, yes. We're talking about frequencies. We're talking about tuning in. We're talking about all of it. And the one secret to be able to do it is that your body is the tuning fork. Right. And if you're disconnected from that body, there's nothing to tune into. You have to be connected to the body to know what to turn in the knob and when to do it. And I think moving is the best way because I will tell you right now, there's no way or no time that I feel more connected to myself than when I'm moving, when I feel the cramp, when I feel the pain, right. when I feel my lungs, when my quad hurts, when all my ankle has to pop. And I was like, oh, all these moments and memories give me what I need to be connected. And so I love that you do that, Dane. I love that to pieces. I have a couple more questions, but just before we do this, I'm going to give a glowing recommendation. And here, here's what I think. 
knowing how much of a positive impact you have on my life as somebody that's in my life, that's also in my mastermind and is a friend and a student and a leader and a mentor and everything imagined. Um, I think every single human being listening to this can benefit from having a touch point with Dane. Uh, and I say this because your fucking positivity makes me uncomfortable so much. And it's all the right reasons because it, it shines a light on the spot where I'm choosing to shine a light on the things that I am not rather than what I am. And it brings an awareness for me to then practice what I am and right. to bring that out. And I love that you live in such a way with such a big heart that you can see this. So everybody listening to this, I want you to get a daily dose of Danish. We named it as daily Danish, but I'm telling you, he belongs on your alarm clock. He belongs on your ringtones, have a text message thing, make custom gifts of Dame, like whatever. But I want everybody listening to this to send him a message on Instagram. I just want you to send him a DM and you can say whatever you want, but I want you to send him a DM. His Instagram is Coach Dane Boyle. So Coach, C-O-A-C-H, Dane, D-A-N-E, and then Boyle, B-O-Y-L-E, Coach Dane Boyle. He's got challenges. He will help you. He will give you a video response. He will, will. do whatever he can to turn his positivity and yours into possibility for you and do whatever it is he is. But it only starts when you send that message. And trust me, I tell Dane, I tell him, I'm like on the road in an airport. They're like, bro, stop. You're too happy. I'm in a tuna can right now. I don't want to be this happy. Just like, oh, thanks for the video, Brand. I love it. Thanks for thinking about me. My uh, wife tells but, me that sometimes too, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, man. Like, it's it's the greatest medicine. And it's so good for me to see where I still have cynicism, when I still have, you know, uh, but here's what it comes down to. You're just shining lights on the part that I was ignoring that day because then I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to go walk. And then I feel amazing. I'm like, thanks, Dane. Thank you. Like, go, go, go. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And so, uh, you know, I was going to ask you to tell everybody, but for everybody listening, um, you know, I have people on this podcast that I love, admire and respect. That's my rule for the show. And Dane is one of the greatest human beings that I've ever met. And I really Dane, do believe that everybody can benefit from having you in their life. And so thank that's you. why I told them to go to your Instagram. Well, I, I appreciate that and couldn't thank you enough. I, I value you as a man, as a leader, as an entrepreneur. And at the end of the day, really, it's ultimately about friendship. And I guarantee that if I said something, well, George told me in Utah, he goes, I'm just going to tell you the way I feel. And I want, so when I was a high school coach, our athletic director said, look, if you're going to be an asshole, be an asshole all of the time. So that way, at least people know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, just be what is your shirt always say unapologetically unapologetically you authentic authentic there you go be that every single day dig down deep and figure out who you are what you are and where you want to go and really one of my also my purposes is i want to have a million healthy conversations before i die Mm, i love that i'm not sure i know how to quantify it necessarily i'm sorry to pick a metric i like science is picking the metric so you pick it but i think that's a really good goal to have all right i'm gonna hit i'm gonna hit you with some rapid fires okay let's go all right uh, i'm gonna start with a serious one okay. what do people never ask you but you wish that they did that's funny i guess or sad or whatever i think they never really asked me what my challenges in life have been mm. because i told you i got remarried now if i get emotional i'm just gonna take a moment here but i got remarried oh, no. again but I had been married to my high school sweetheart for 23 years. We have three amazing human beings, children that are now adults. And we were in a horrific rollover car accident that we could never heal ourselves emotionally from. 
which I think also leads me to how important it is for me to help other people mm. because I didn't have a network. I didn't, I didn't, every, every job I ever got, everything I ever applied for, I was the captain of every, you know what I mean? Saying I, I got promoted early in the military. And then here was this one thing that was completely out of my control and I didn't know how to help somebody. But nobody ever really asked me that. And I still am uncomfortable sharing parts of it because of the emotion that comes with it. Yeah, we'll hit that on another podcast. We'll hit that. We'll, maybe we'll hit that in an in-person event. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> there you go. That and maybe it was a little heavier, but I'm just telling you, nobody really no, asked. I, no, I, I, gotta... think, I think it's huge. It makes a lot. Of, well, first, thank you for sharing. Um, and thank you for opening up about that. And I apologize for not asking sooner on the show. Um, I, I think it's huge. It actually makes a lot of sense. Uh you know, knowing those parts of you and how those align up. So I, I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. Um, what's one thing that you want to get better at? I really want to get better at, at delivering my message. I know that sounds funny, but at the same time, because I, I look, we haven't even mentioned I'm a camp gladiator, which I absolutely love and has done really well for me. Um, personal trainer. I do it virtually and in person. But I want to dig a little bit deeper and I'm blessed to have a following. And I'm not going to change that, but I want to deliver my message better. And at the same time, you know what? Let's back up. I want to get better at my own physical fitness. Mm, there you go. I love it. That's a good answer. Yeah, like because so I had my own when I left teaching and coaching and, and I literally was in Miami with Tanya and I was just I was making good money, but I hated my job and I picked her up from this with this seminar that she was in. She goes, man, I haven't seen that big, healthy smile in a long time. I'm like, get in the car, babe. I got something to tell you. And she goes, what is it? I said, I'm going to resign. She goes, can we afford it? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'll go 10 bar. I'll dig a ditch. I'm not afraid to work. Yeah. You know, um, but either way, I don't even know what that whole purpose was, but the idea there, <laughs> I have no idea what the hell that, why I even shared that with you. But uh, oh, you know, I, don't, I don't know either, but you want to get better at your physical fitness. I love it. Oh, okay, because, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Because since I've been an entrepreneur now full time with the LLC for going on eight years, I've let my health slip because I've been chasing a dollar to pay bills. And after I had my own personal fitness studio, I lost a shit ton of money. Yep. And now I don't have that overhead and brick and mortar. And my mission is different. I've grown, but I'll tell you what, it may have been an expensive lesson, but it's probably the best lesson ever on how to deliver and help people better. And this so whole I'm episode, like, Dane, was really easy. You just have to pick one thing today and start. <laughs> so I have to listen to my own shit and I get it back to me all the time. I'm like, oh, you know, every now and then I actually am not super duper happy. It doesn't really happen very often. I don't like it. So I, I use my own tools to get out of that. Well, I think you honor it and then you process it pretty quickly yes. because you have the tools. Okay. Uh, what's on your nightstand? That, so my new book is The Archer, which I think that somebody said that you might have by Paulo. Oh, yeah. Paulo, yeah, yeah, yeah I recommended that one like yeah, super, ago. super short. So I'm literally just trying to read one chapter at a time. I love take it, it all in. And look. I told you earlier, I write PD, personal development. I love it. It's it's who I am. I did a whole thing. I went to a small Christian university and we we did a whole series at the at the chapel called Called to Be a Coach. It's what I was called to do, coaching, teaching, education. It's what I was called to do. So I want to take all the message he has in that book and then put it into action. I love that I asked what's on your nightstand. You told me a book and told me a story. What else is on your nightstand? Do you have a that's pen? Funny. Do you have a lamp? What else? Oh, that's so funny. Um, and I've got this little tray that Tanya bought me that has my iPad, my Apple Watch, all the shit because she was tired of all the cords being everywhere. So it's really, yeah. really nice. I still don't use it the way I'm supposed to. It just has long cords. Um, other than that, and about a shit ton of water bottles 
that I should now probably throw away. That's what I'm getting into. Okay. What is one thing that you own and probably should throw out, but probably never will? Oh my goodness. Well, there's a lot of them. I have a shitload of coffee mugs and I have a shitload of pint beer glasses. We'll go back to, I told you I've been married again. So when I got divorced, I realized, first of all, it's all material possessions and there was no emotion attached to it when it was all done. But I collected coffee mugs and pint beer glasses. Well, you know what? 10 years later, what I have a shitload of? Coffee mugs and pint beer glasses. And somebody's going to inherit them when I pass away. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what would your friends say is one of your superpowers? Purpose, passion, mission, excitement, positivity, um, my message I can deliver on video with my voice and really the belief in humanity. What are the two biggest things that bring you the most joy? Well, quality time is my love language. Mm. So spending time with people I love, absolutely and hands down and being in nature. And when I can be with the people I love and in nature, it's, a, it's the adventure I want to live. Game on. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this one, okay? If yep. you had to give a TED Talk on nothing that you're known for or nothing that you speak about, but it could be anything that you'd like to do or have a passion for, what would it be? Oh, my God. But still going to come back to the fact that it would be live life with adventure. Live life with adventure. Okay. Does that make sense? And so how do you do that? I don't know if I can really remove myself from that. That's funny. Like I would love to be a better fisherman. I didn't grow up. My dad went to medical school when I was in school. So we weren't, he wasn't going to do it. I didn't hunt fish. Does that make sense? He was in the military. We went down to the rifle range and that's kind of how we spent time together. Does that make sense? I love it. I love it, Um, man. But I, I learned how to camp and time my wife and I camp and we have an RV and we fish and we hike. I would like to teach people how to do it because I think it then gives them focus and purpose. And look, I've done court. I've done programs called no child left indoors. Yeah, I've right. done no one left indoors. There's so much you can discover about who you are, what you are. Yes. You should know what a poisonous steak looks like. Yes. You should know what poison Ivy looks like, but you got to get your ass outside. You got to experience it. And you said you like to hike alone. So I don't have to teach that to you. You already do it. I love it. I love it. All right, Dane. Well, we could go forever. I could ask you a ton more, but I think we're going to wrap. Let everybody know where to find you on Instagram again, what to DM you. You tell them from your side now. Absolutely. So I'm Coach Dane Boyle, and I want you to message me and leave me a message, video, text, voice, and tell me that you want to live a healthier, happier, more prosperous life. And this to start the conversation because you'll help me. And I ultimately want to help you. It's never been about me. That's a whole nother conversation, but I really want to empower you to live healthier, happier, more prosperous life. And it takes a conversation. So then you can count it as one of the healthy, a million healthy conversations in my lifetime. I love it. So we're going to end there. We're going to let that go. Shoot Dane a DM on Instagram, coach Dane Boyle. Blow him up, send him gifts, send him humor, challenge him, challenge him, push-up contest, squats. I don't care. Do something. Just get in Dane's DM so he can give you the daily Danish, which is the daily dose of positivity that we all get. So, Dane, thank you so much for being here, my friend. It's always a pleasure. It's an honor. I love your energy. I appreciate the light that you are in the world. For those of you listening, take one thing from today and put it into practice. Pick that one thing. Make a list of the 10 things that you love doing that help you move your body and prioritize your movement. Prioritize your your car. Give yourself the best chance that you have to be the best version of you through your movement and use it as a catalyst or a cornerstone of change everywhere in your life. And if you need help, the only way to get it is to reach out and ask. That's to me. That's to Dane. That's to anybody 
but this is a community game and you listening to this or hearing this for a reason at this time in this moment for some sort of purpose that I will never have any idea about, but I would recommend that you take something that landed and put it into practice if you made it to the end of Dane and I raveling our gums and bumping them nonstop. And so we love you. Remember that relationships will always be algorithms. And now let's cue the outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.